You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... everybody welcome to the wrestling rewind here on phoenix 92.5 fm and of course over on no media the true penny channel and anywhere else that podcast can be made available my name is daryl o'connor but i'm not alone i'm joined by the one the only one and all mr martin Hardy. how are things martin i'm great daryl this is a an auspicious evening for us because just like we are a legendary commentating duo 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 uh, this show in your house three triple header um, is also the first ever show of the legendary Jim Ross Jerry Lawler commentating duo. Yeah, I noticed that straight away. I was like, man, we're finally getting to uh, to familiar territory here. But it did have Vince on commentary as well. <laughs> it still did, and I've taken on board everything you said last week about is Vince a good commentator or. Was he just the commentator when I was away in? So <laughs> and 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 yeah, it's again. I don't have that nostalgia for Vince as much as like a lot of other people because you know while the new while I was watching in the new generation year, it never really kind of grabbed me as much as the early Attitude Era did because I was yeah. like more into WCW. But yeah, it, it, <laughs> it this is a lot more palatable, and I feel bad for uh, Doc Hendricks who has been very much relegated. To, uh, oh. After after cutting his hair and everything, and his after beard. doing everything he did, he was doing everything he did. He was one of the buddy, wasn't he? One of the freebirds. The freebirds, yeah. Oh my god! And he, uh, he he literally changed his whole his whole appearance, his whole personality, his entire everything, everything. just and, to work for the Fed. And now he's backstage <laughs> interviewing. I have to say, he looks rough. <laughs> he's backstage. It looks like he's been drinking all night. Well, it was it, the nineties, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I don't know if he was or not, but you know when, no, when you, no, when you've been drinking all night and you go and do something the next day, and you're like, man, I just, just oh, Dara, do, <laughs> do I ever know? <laughs> uh, that, that's what the trip back, the trip back from AEW is going to be like on Monday. That's what I'm telling you. But, <laughs> if we uh, make it, if we make it, but we yeah, no, that's if we don't that's commandeer he, the plane and fly it to the US so we can see all out the week after. Oh man! Well, it's funny, no, because I would have already made that journey because I'd be back from the US. So, oh, I, I, right, it's crazy. Yeah, like literally, like w- when I land, I'm boarding a plane to go to AEW. 
Now, Comrade Dara is quite the jet setter. He, he boards a plane about as often as I board a bus. <laughs> I know. I've been better this year, but last year was a bit mad. And, you know, the end of the year is... This is what happens when you're like, oh, I'm going to go play in a band and we're going to do shows abroad. You end up going on planes and boats a lot. And I'm, I'm terrible on boats, so... You know, but yeah, yeah. Look, you're you're an international rock star. We all get it. But I bet you've never been on a tractor. Once I was on a tractor once. Bah. Yeah, I once. spent my whole life on a tractor. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not good on farms. So you, know, you caught me. That's true. I'm, I am That's not. It. So really, but, uh, I'm winning. You are winning. <laughs> <laughs> but Doc Hendricks here, man. He looks so rough. It's it, it is shocking, and I feel bad for him because I'm like. In the space of three shows, you went from being the voice of this, you know, this run to backstage. So I um, I did a wee bit of background research on the whole Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes thing. Actually, before you do, right, I just want to say one of my favorite appearances and sticks with me so much because I was like cognizant of it, really. Um, so it was 1999 it, and it's, it's, it's because it's in my favorite like run of shows ever. Um, so after Unforgiven, right, there was Rebellion in yes. England. The English show, yeah. Yeah, and he has my second favorite video package of all time. Um, you know, everyone knows my first favorite one is, Fear Factory, is the Fear Factory one. They actually picked it up when I posted it the other day. They're like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man, amazing. Anyway, so the Rebellion show, it was him and Kevin Kelly doing commentary. And that was actually class. And uh, Doc, um, Michael Hayes and Kevin Kelly are like two lads who never really get to, never really got to work together. But I really, really enjoyed that combo. So if you've never seen Rebellion 1999, actually, we're going to watch Rebellion 1999 because I want to. Um, I, ha- I have so, it on DVD. Yeah, well, we're going to watch it because it's a fun show. I know I've already done it with, with uh, Dave a co- like, couple of years ago when, when, when he hadn't seen it. But it's such a good show. Uh, has probably the best cage match that that doesn't involve jumping off the top of the cage in it, so it's totally worth it. But anyway, sorry, continue. Oh yeah, Doc so Hendricks. I was saying I I did a wee bit of uh, digging into Michael Hayes. So ap- apparently he was um he was just really uh, not hard up, but um he kind of just really needed to work, and he was ringing oh, WWF man. every so often, going look. Like I'm one of the bloody fabulous freebirds. Like, have you got nothing for me? And JR kept telling him, going, look, I'd love to hire you, but Vince just he just thinks you're a bit too southern wrestling, whereas we are sports entertainment. And he said, Look, bring me up for a tryout and I'll I'll do whatever you want. Like a completely <laughs> de- a completely defeated man. So they brought him up for a tryout. It's just totally defeated. Oh. Because they brought him up for a tryout and Vince said so they did a bit of a commentary thing with him and Vince, and Vince is like, Oh yeah, that was great, pal. Like really good uh, uh chemistry, good back and forth. Yeah, that was great. That uh that hair. You married to that hair? So and they literally, the Fed had a barber in the building because Vince knew he was going to say this to him. And uh, Michael Hayes is just like, yeah, that's fine. Cut my hair. <laughs> so, so they cut his hair. And while they were cutting his hair, Vince was in the room and Vince said, ah, that beard. Oh, my God. <laughs> you married that beard? And oh, Michael Hayes' only 
bit of rebellion was like, can I keep the mustache? Uh, it's just like, yeah, mustaches are are sports entertainment. Oh my god! <laughs> he let him keep, but they literally when they brought him up there, Vince knew he was going to tell him <laughs> to cut his hair and shave his beard, and they had a barber in the building ready. What a psycho! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's hilarious, like devastating, but also like hilarious at the same time because oh, you know what it is Vince doesn't know what's real and what isn't that's the problem no. <laughs> he thinks everything is on TV and I'm convinced of it it's like he's been like that since the 90s yeah he doesn't think he's booking world wrestling entertainment he thinks he's, he's booking he's, life he thinks he's booking world <laughs> just just double ya <laughs> I'm the CEO of double ya god damn it <laughs> What? Oh man, CEO poor Doc of, Hendricks. Of, of Earth. <laughs> I mean, give it time. Yeah, yeah. We see we, he comes back from this. Uh, well, uh, so apparently there's a whole new raft of charges yeah, against. So, so, so we're recording this on the fourth of August. So literally yesterday that he was uh, subpoenaed for more charges. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it seems like they try this with him all the time, and he somehow manages to just go away and then comes back stronger than ever like he went away from being ousted came back sold the company and was still CEO and made like 4 billion I yeah, mean and made every like... time the, you know what it is every time they strike him down he comes back stronger he's like the like a Jedi or something he, he is like, he, he literally is he's unbelievable he could literally murder someone on screen and he'd do you know what he'd do he'd be like god damn it getting a bit hot after I murdered that child on television I better I better take two weeks off pal <laughs> and, and and grow a funny mustache I don't know man it's just how can you not love Vince that's the problem like well, that's, just, that that's is the, the problem, problem. He's got all these absolutely a sexual problem. charges even if you don't want to love him he forces you to love him he forces you to love him it's like god the product you, you do some terrible things with it as well and everyone is not happy with it but god damn it you're still going to cheer him. <laughs> it's just, it's just got to happen. I mean, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. But every time he comes back and that's it. So, you know, maybe he, he could be president one day. Who knows? Oh, he's he he's the negative version of uh, Shane McGowan. Whatever yes. superpower Shane McGowan has, Shane McGowan will outlive us all. But Shane McGowan is a force for good. Vince McMahon is Shane McGowan's counterpart. He is a force for evil and he will outlive all of us. But see, he doesn't think he's a force for evil. No, but it's like the classic wrestling thing. Like the heel doesn't think he's a heel. That's the thing. <laughs> he's like the ultimate heel in life. But he's, yeah, you know, yeah. oh man, Vince, what, what? A, <laughs> he's he's such look, a legend. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he's, look, just he's all nothing else about his myriad alleged crimes uh, he is a fascinating human being it's like, crazy it, and like, again I, I think it all comes down to he thinks the real world doesn't exist and there's just WWE and no. that's it and yeah, and the whole world is WWE it. and he books it <laughs> that's yeah. the thing like to go so far as to have like a barber there you know how this conversation is going to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's you know like it's a, going to go there. You know, I mean, it's like crazy. Tiny, that's like 2% of the Vince madness. 
you know, like that's just I, I honest to God, I I don't know how you'd ever do it, but because he's so litigious and the WWE is like bloody North Korea. It's like so um inward like even when they do documentaries and that, they do them internally and everything. But my God, I would love to see a truly independent uh film made about Vince McMahon's life. It'd just be the most deranged thing. You'd have to sit and watch it like three times in a row <laughs> to try and comprehend it. Or it's, it's like that. Um, apparently there's this meme now that just knowing about its existence makes you go mad. Um, I'd, and yeah, I think it would probably have that effect where like you watch it and you just lose your mind completely. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, anyway. Look, this show, it wasn't great, folks. No, I'm not going to not going to beat around the bush here. I'm not going to bury lead because we did. We spent 10 minutes burying the lead. <laughs> but before, just briefly before we get started, like you were saying, it is August 4th. Uh, so by the time this comes out, the big event will already have happened. But yes. next week, we promise you, we know that this weekend there's a huge show on. And next week, we will have a review of Collision for everybody okay <laughs> now <clears throat> in your house all joking aside we are going to watch SummerSlam we will we will review it but there's God, no point yeah, in SummerSlam's it. on isn't it <laughs> oh, I might stick that on after Collision in the <laughs> Finn Balor's going for the title come on you have the you have the support the, look I do like a bit of Finn here's the thing right do you, I want to say something very, can I say something controversial is, is that wrong I don't know it is it is pre-Watershed how like, are we talking? Okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to effing employ an enemy, but I'm going to say the Irish women's football team went to the World Cup, right? Congratulations, they went to the football. Okay, great. I don't. I'm not a football person. You know this as well as as well as I'm not. I'm not. I really don't care. But there was a whole big thing about them, and they're getting brought back home. And I don't think they scored one goal, right? And at the same time, we have Finn Balor going for a world champion. And he probably win it. Now I know it's not the same thing, but. Should we not not care? Well, me and you had this exact same discussion a couple of months ago when we were talking about how Becky Lynch headlining the biggest WrestleMania ever in front of the biggest live crowd ever. And if you were watching it from Ireland, like by Irish media, no one would know what was happening. And I mean, that's, and I'm just kind of just watching this. I mean, like, look, fair play, he went there, but it's like, Finn might win and he probably will win and it's like <laughs> well I, I, I just would like some kind of consistency from from, from the Irish yeah he will yeah God, I think I he will someone to bet that yeah. scab I think I think he will yeah he beats um, Seth and then steals his wife <laughs> steals Becky yeah I really <laughs> hate Seth like real life <laughs> hate Seth Rollins why like, I because whenever hundreds of people are being fired by WWE, uh, he hopped yes. onto his Instagram yes, 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 to yes, shill yes. for the come. Oh, don't blame the Fed guys. This is just another challenge. Like you're going to okay. overcome while I no, still have my fair. job. That's Shut fair. up, Rollins, you prick. That's very fair. Mark tape, 14 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Prick's all right, is it not? No. No, <laughs> that's what you get when you get the injection. Or no. Are you, you? Tell me you're not no. blocking no. pregnant because it's some kind of anti-vax thing. No. 
Martin, you're killing me here. Come on. <laughs> Save it for after 14, 14 minutes. There we go. Uh, just mark the word that's there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Folks, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you, you get this anyway, so so don't worry. But no, I, look, I mean, you're right. Uh, I didn't... Um, yeah, I f- actually forgot that happened. So, I mean, that's fair. I just... Look, I, I'm not a big fan of Seth Rollins anymore because he crippled Sting. Uh... <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. And just kind of ruined his. And, and you know, this is all, run. but this is all before we even get into that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, his, his gimmick is very annoying. But I mean, you're supposed to hate him. You're not supposed to like not hate the man, but you're supposed to hate the character, right? No, no. But that's not heel heat. That's yeah. I hate the term X Pac. We change X Pac heat to Rollins heat. That's <laughs> that's go away heat. That's. Uh, and I hate um, saying that because on this particular show, one of the bl- only bloody good matches was the Endo Three Kid. You know what was upsetting though about this whole show? <laughs> what? Like no, eighty percent of it. Oh yeah, all of it. But no double J. No double J. No, no Rosie. As we covered in the previous In Your House, it, the, it didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't have that big match feel that the former number one contender. Who beat the rock? Who nearly beat the rock at the peak how, of the Archie there? Could it? Hell yeah! It how, just uh, it had no big stars on it. How do you expect to sell a pay per view without the former number one contender who came within three seconds of beating the rock at the peak of the Attitude Era? Like, <laughs> how do you how do you even sell a pay per view? Well, I don't that? know how this, I, this one didn't. It was pretty poor. Well, I mean, uh, so ninety five in general is pretty poor, but like a. Uh, I mean, so SummerSlam, that's a big one, did about 205,000. This did... 160. Uh, 160, okay. It's not It's not great, but it's... I mean, it's fairly respectable. I suppose In Your House 2 did 280,000. And see, that's the thing. That's because, I had, that's because I had double J. Yeah. yeah. And they were all over that show. J-E-double-F. <laughs> J A double R E double T double J Jeff Jarrett like yeah like I mean like that's that's like there's no opinion here that's just maths no it's just maths it's facts these these are just facts yeah Um, I I don't know who who was running the numbers in the the 90s but they should have thrown money at the lads and said listen come back come back what are you doing wait no 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 don't listen to that you're coming back look how much money we're making but no they didn't do that think about how different things could have been there would have been no Stone Cold Steve Austin double Jeff Jeff Jarrett you know what else though not even being facetious see that angle that they'd set up at In Your House 2 that they never actually got to finish they did pay it off eventually they did pay it off eventually so this is the one where Jeff Jarrett was out doing his, uh, his song yeah, with my baby tonight. Absolute certified banger. But it's actually the road dog singing. Yeah, no, they did pay it off eventually. Oh, did they? They did, yeah. Just oh, like yeah, but still, years later. The, yeah, but you're missing the, the momentum. Like, that would have been a huge storyline. That would have like, been a WrestleMania match. That would have been class. An absolute WrestleMania match. Like, it's those, like, look, WWE have done some super things before where I think Edge and Kurt Angle refuting over her. Um, Shampoo, despite oh. the fact that Kurt Angle was wasn't going a, bald. Wasn't there a guy <laughs> in the audience with a sign that just said, they are fighting over shampoo? 
<laughs> no, but I mean, it was it was Edge and Kurt Angle. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But here, look on this on this pay per view, Bret Hart and uh, is it Jean Pierre Lafitte are fighting over a jacket. So that's true. That's true. See, I I mean, the thing of it is, it's like if it means something to them. Uh, you know obviously it makes the feud but if you're able to be like actually that makes a lot of sense and it isn't really stupid there's a lot more to hang on to there and fair enough someone stealing the credit for a a legitimate hit song that's pretty good that's like that would fly now but because it's not like uh, a jacket or a shampoo and it goes to the very heart of Jarrett's character yeah and the roadie's character because it's like he's a roadie. He's right. So look, I don't know if people notice or not. No disrespect to any anyone who's a roadie out there. They're not the one oh, out there. No, and before you even go on, Dara, let me just clarify that officially as a podcast, our position is that we have more respect for all roadies than the road dog. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, so look, so a roadie is someone who helps set up the gear for gigs and tests the mics, right? That's what they do. And they tested and, and you know, and it's a very important job and it is. And I mean, you know, they uh, also someone, scour the audience for yes. young ladies who may be willing to meet the band afterwards. Well, that that can be uh, neither confirmed nor denied, but it's some, yeah, people, would, some people would uh, liken it to the Godfather's gimmick. I <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's a no that's from a tech from. From a technical standpoint, maybe the bigger bands, but from a technical standpoint, they're the lads that do all the technical stuff, right? Yeah. Now, it isn't a very glamorous position to do that. And I mean, it it, it, it kind of sucks that that's the gimmick. But what's interesting about it is it's like, right, D- Double J is getting all the women. He's getting all the, the fame and power from it. And then he's still been shown to be all like just a lowly roadie. That has a lot of motivation. As I said, if that oh, had yeah. been followed through, that's a WrestleMania main event. You put an, an IC oh, belt on great, that? There you go. I mean, think right great itself. story. You Especially back now. in the 90s when the well, IC belt was like like a serious like uh, contendership. But you could even do that now. You could do it in, in AEW or WWE, really. Think about like Elias. Like Elias has been lying the whole time and it's someone else's there. I mean, that's how you make a character. Like, there you Just well, literally oh do God. that. Why are we even talking about Elias? Jeff Jarrett is literally still wrestling in AEW. But, but this is Why what I'm we have Jeff Jarrett come out at Wembley and sing a song, but backstage it's actually Satnam Singh. There you go. Who's doing the who's doing the vocals? See this one. Oh saying, my god, here, could, we're, could, we're gonna pop mad if, if Double J comes out at Wembley. Oh man, I, I am praying Double J could, like shows up because He's the best. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. And I have so much more respect for Double J in WWE now than I ha- ever have. Because like I, oh. I was always like, you know, yeah, WCW, he wasn't great, but, you know, whatever. TNA is when he really shined. It's like, no, he was the, the legitimate star of 1995. So, and even, like, he knew, like, what the 90s were. Like, he knew what the era was all about. Like, he's walking out with that hat with the stupid lights on it and everything. Like, none of that would fly now. But in the no. 90s, that was like... It doesn't get more 90s than Double J, you know, legitimately. (laughs) Like they say, genius isn't appreciated in its time. He like when you look back on wrestling, like he genuinely is like 
like a like one of the the top gays. Like here's the thing, we're not doing a bit. Like legitimately, oh no, he is fantastic. You know, it, it's he, and I, he's wrestling now, and his matches, like, admittedly, he's doing mostly tags and stuff like that, but his well, matches are still great. But when, when we do get to more TNA stuff, and you see his in ring, his in ring work, like the body work he does there, it's up there with the best of them, and it he, really is. He actually he had a he had a six way or a yeah six man match um, on Dynamite this week with him, uh, Jay Lethal, and. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the huge guy that he's like seven foot five. He's terrifying. Uh, versus the elite, and like that huge guy was in the ring with like Kenny Omega, and he was looking, he was making Kenny Omega look like a child. But mm. it was an incredible match. Um, and Jeff Jarrett was brilliant in it. And he has his guitar, Actually, and he's. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go through our archives and find the Jeff Jarrett interview. And we're going to put it on the feed as a celebration of Jeff Jarrett. That's what we're going to do. That's coming up. Don't even owe us an X Pac Euro. No, that's going up free for everybody. So if you haven't, if you haven't, and you're just checking us out here or you found the podcast somehow, thank you so much. Or if you're listening to us on the radio, I mean, thank you so much again. But go over, Nerd to Know Media. It's going to be there. Subscribe, subscribe to True Penny Channel as well. But we're going to put up bonus content, which is going to be um, the Jeff Jarrett interview. So, oh, and also. Uh, Impact Wrestling are doing shows again, which is great. So uh, there might be more Impact uh, content coming up in the future as well. So, but for now, man, we we we, you always know what the show is bad because you don't want to talk about it. That's <laughs> how you know the show is bad when when we bury the lead so significantly we're talking about anything else, but the show. Uh, so, yeah. so look. Um, we, there was a change up in the commentary booth. The the look was a little bit different. This is the first pay per view really uh, of the of the series that really looked like a proper pay per view. It seems like it's found its footing. Um, still, they have the the same graphic, <laughs> which <laughs> is still just so cheap. Uh, but the actual production looked quite well. Um, I, the the nineties uh, aesthetic is really starting to to um, appeal to me um, now. Where it's you know. It, it, it's kind of smoky, but like in, in a nice way. Um, the, the sage looks good. The pyro looks good. Um, as I said, the attendance, about, about 5,000, just over 5,000. And the 24th of September, 1995 in uh, Michigan. So look, the main story going into this one was it was three belts, one match. The main event was going to be Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Uh, against the British Bulldog and Yokozuna. Now, we didn't know it would be British Bulldog because Owen Hart wasn't there. And basically, it was either the tag team belts are going to change or the Intercontinental Championship could change or the WWF Championship could change. Now, here's the question I have on this. Now, we will, we will go through a match by match. But, Martin... Of course. Um, I wanted to start here because this was interesting, right? This was... Basically, the reason why we started doing this show, uh, like this arc on the show, was we wanted to map when the Attitude Era stuff starts. Yes. This is a very Attitude Era match, right? Is, now, look, I don't know. I haven't checked this, but you do often do a fair amount of research before we come on here about these. Was this the first time that this happened, where they'd have single belts defended in a tag match? I've... So I'm, I'm going purely off memory here. I haven't, I haven't researched that specific um, uh, idea. 
but I I can't remember anything like this because it's so odd and because in the pay-per-view they go to such great length, lengths to explain it so many times so so it's um it's supposed to be uh, Yokozuna and Owen Hart right uh, the shoot reason Owen Hart isn't there is because his wife's having a baby right um uh, the in-story reason is he's he's just not showed up, uh, and you know we'll we'll get into the match. He does show up eventually, but the shoot reason was his wife was having a baby, and he missed his earlier flight, and his later flight would get him in. Sort of depending on when the pay-per-view started, would get him in maybe in time for the main event. So they didn't know if he was going to be there or not. But the stipulation itself is that if um, either Owen Hart or Yokozuna are pinned. Michaels and Diesel win the tag titles. But if uh, Michaels, the IC champion, is pinned, whoever pins him on the other side wins the IC title. And the same for Diesel's world title. It's like, like you say, it's not a great pay per view, but that's a kind of a kind of a fascinating stipulation. And it's a pity that they didn't do more with it. Because I was kind of expecting maybe, you know, maybe like a Bulldog. So it was Bulldog took Owen's place. Bulldog and Yokozuna to be like really like leaning over the ropes and tagging each other to get in. To be the they weren't though. Team. They were like, yeah. And, and then and on the other side, I was expecting Michaels and Diesel to be like, oh, no, you go in. I don't want to. I don't want to risk my title in a stupid it was tag a match. Opposite. Complete opposite. So it was so set up for like, like, like great psychology. Yeah, and they just did nothing with it. Well, see, look, I I think they were kind of. You might be coloured there by the fact that you're so used to. Well, one, you hate Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and I, two, I really do. And, I and know I, you do, <laughs> and, and and it's okay. And I'm this is what I'm saying to you. I'm making announcements for this because. You're not only coloured by that, but you're also coloured by the fact it's Kevin Nash, whose whole gimmick is doing that exact thing in WCW. <laughs> yes, yeah. like literally. Because if you're watching, I, yeah, I, I, when you said it, I'm like, this is why. So Shawn Michaels, you know, would kind of do this anyway in DX later on, but Kevin Nash, his whole gimmick would be that, where he's just like, no, I'm not going in. I'm just gonna, you know, and it's um, it's hard because they're both playing uber baby faces here yeah and it like a complete white me as pure as the driven snow baby faces here and at the same time you're like but this is not what you do you know so there is that big cognitive dissonance where you're expecting because i mean a couple of years later own heart would be the one who would be doing that you know who would yeah. be going in and and or he he was known for this as well so yeah it, i think it's just a case of it's, it's we know what's the, coming. It's kind of fascinating, like, like you say. That is literally how Nash booked himself in WCW yeah, every time. And it's it's one of the fascinating cases of the the whole Monday Night War. Like we always talk about, you know, what if Brett hadn't left, or what if Brett had um, not been injured, and then the invasion angle had happened. Blah blah blah. Yeah. What if Michaels had left and went to WCW, and it was him? Yeah. Uh, uh, Nash, Nash. Nash and Hall. Yeah, basically running WCW like however they wanted. Like, 
it's it's kind of fascinating to think about. Obviously, it that never happened true. because uh, Vince and Shawn Michaels are sleeping with each other. What's that? Thirty minutes. That's the sleeping is not a swear word. I know. Guys, if you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm writing the times down for when I have to edit stuff for the FM show. (laughs) No, the the good people of Dublin need to know. The good people of Dublin will know on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I I think you're spot on the money there. Like, it would have been very, very different. And it, it is kind of weird here to watch this because this, you know what? You know what this show actually feels like? Um, it feels like a WCW show. And I know I, I know it's very, an easy oh, cop out to say, but that's what it feels like. No, that's a good one because a lot of the times when people invoke WCW, it's really lazy. That's why it feels lazy to say it, but it genuinely does. No, but yeah, it actually does work. In, in, the, in fact, I have in my notes that the main event, even though it features like a load of big stars, because it's like a multi-man tag thing. Yeah. It's very, very house showy. Very flat. Very house showy, yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know if you want to save this for the end, but also um, the next night on Raw, they just reversed the decision. They were like, oh, Owen Hart wasn't actually supposed to be in the match, so you can't pin him. So they reversed the decision. And then, like, 20 minutes later, Owen Hart and Yokozuna lost the tag titles anyway. So the whole thing just meant nothing. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> In other words, folks, it was pointless. It was meaningless. And, yeah. and all that, like, yeah, I, I mean, that, that kind of bookends. Uh, I think they knew this show was a flop when they did it, you know, because there was no big match feel. There was no... Like if you miss this one, as I said, uh, sorry, as you said, like the the next night on Raw, they were like, "Ugh, doesn't yeah. matter." And you're like, "So what did we what did we spend our VHS money on?" You know, exactly. And I mean, maybe they'll justify it by going, "Well, you only charged half the price of a normal pay per view or whatever." But you know, no, being I, charged I, half the price of something for nothing is still a ripoff. Yeah, exactly. And like, look, I. I would say there's nothing on this show. Like, again, it's a case of there were matches on this that I would have rather had seen. And it's funny, actually, there's an Undertaker match with Mabel, which is hilarious. Maybe that's where he decided <laughs> I'm never doing that again and, and, and stored it in his mind where he's like, yeah, no, we're, we're not going against Mabel again. He's going to be my mate forever. Um, uh, look, there was nothing on the show that I would that made me want to watch it. You know, yeah. there was there was no big match there was no cool moments there was like I did I did kind of pop for Diesel and Shawn Michaels now that I get Shawn Michaels' gimmick I'm like oh yeah the energy's there and, and Diesel's oh, there definitely. And, 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 they're having, sure. and they're having a grand old time together you know and for a lot of this like for a surprising amount of this the crowd is going bakshi wah oh yeah they are all like, over the place they, they, they absolutely love it and the thing about it is like I think if you were in the crowd, or even when I was watching this, look, it's an hour and just under two hours, like we're about six minutes away from two hours. And it's it's surprisingly watchable. Like again, you're watching and you're just like, oh, this is it's this, it's it even, it, it even has Dean Douglas, who would become Shane Douglas, oh, the franchise. We're, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, we will talk about that. And I was just like, all right, you know, just but for this, the nostalgia this seems to it. be so far. This seems to be a, a theme of these in your house pay per views, in that when you break them down match by match, 
they're kind of terrible. But when you view the product as a whole, it's kind of so bizarre and so odd. And the fact that it's less than two hours, it's it's almost worth watching. Yeah. And look, as I said, it's, when we go match by match, I want people to kind of like keep that in mind. This out of all the shows we watched so far is a show that that is kind of you either watch the whole lot or you don't watch any of it. Yeah. And well, the only thing I'd say is the 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 Bret Hart Jean Pierre Lafitte matches is actually like it's a genuinely good match. Yeah, but I did not care about Jean Pierre Lafitte. Yeah, it was <laughs> stealing Bret Hart's jacket. Yeah, it was like it could have been anyone in there, and it should have been anyone in there. But yeah. anyway. So look, um, we'll start off here. We'll go match by match. So uh, the match, the, the show started off with Savio Vega defeated Waylon Mercy. Now here's the thing. I've never seen Waylon Mercy before or I have, but not. it's been a long time and I haven't really seen him in context as an adult. Um, that gimmick is class. Um, it's obviously what? trying to be... It's what to be like, the hell did they do with Waylon Mercy? It's supposed that is, to be ca- Cape Fear kind of thing and it's yeah. unreal. And it's like, what? how did you not just print... That's all the money with this guy. Only pay-per-view appearance. What the hell are they doing? I don't know. I mean, this guy. Because look, there really wasn't much to write home here about across the board on this. Hold, hold on. This is the highlight for me of the hold show. Well, I well I go through my notes here. So like, it's nineteen ninety-five. So look, Will and Mercy isn't magnificent in the ring. He's not bad in the ring. Like, no, you know what he is. You know what he is, and I have it in my notes here. He is 1995 Bray Wyatt. Bye. That's what he is. That's what he is. But that means even more in 1995 because the in-ring standard in 1995 was dreadful. Yeah, but I like, mean, look, he, he, was, he was not an in-ring technician, but he no, when but he, he walked was, out... He wasn't bad in the ring. Like no, he, well, no, but when he walked out, everybody was like, what the... You know, what's well, going on here? This is so... Like we're going to get into this, but this is Whale and Mercy's only pay-per-view match, right? They very shortly after this got rid of Whale and Mercy. This pay-per-view also had Henry O'Godwin. Yeah, <laughs> it had Bob Backlund doing a presidential gimmick. It yep. had Dean Douglas. It had, as we already discussed, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Like, h- how do you go through this and go, God? Do you know who we need to get rid of? The only interesting character on the entire show. I don't mind. His look is unique, uh, like to put it mildly. But it's so it just works. You know, I mean, when you're watching him, it's like it's genuinely. I I want unsettling. He he took the word right out of my mouth. It is genuinely unsettling. Yeah. He strikes you as someone like he's not like the Undertaker. He's not spooky and scary. No, he's just like this guy. He just strikes you as someone. If you were trapped in a room with him, you'd be very yeah. nervous. That's it. I mean, like you get the sense off him that this guy is actually dangerous. Yeah, and and, and that's he amazing. Does, he doesn't need to be great in the ring, and they no. should know this because they have the Undertaker, who in 1995 is not great <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> but that's what's funny. It's like. They've made this mistake 20 years later or 25 years later. They, they would make the same mistake again with, with Bray Wyatt. It, watching this guy, it's like this is this is exactly all the problems that we would say about modern Bray Wyatt. But encapsulated it, in this one match. It comes down to Vince. 
Vince doesn't do subtlety. Vince doesn't see like this kind of weird, just very subtly unnerving character. He doesn't see the potential in that. He only sees it in like big, obvious, I am a literal zombie. You know, he he doesn't see the the real quiet creeping horror in well, someone who's just just a little bit off. Well what was surprising as well is like he's a big guy who you know he, he has like a look but I think you're right. I mean, if you had to put a mask on him and he's like, oh, you know, a big chainsaw or something, ah, fair, probably fair enough. But like, I don't know. I would take, I would take this character at an actual run any day of the week over Savio Vega, who won with, oh, with a spinning heel kick. <laughs> <laughs> like, come yeah. on, lads. A spinning heel kick. Terrible. Terrible ending also, to a mid-tier match. No, it's interesting though. Sorry. No, it's interesting. The yeah. crowd boom. Vega. The crowd do yeah. Vega. Of course the they do. Building. Because even in 1985, the building. while the WWF might be unsophisticated, the, the fans aren't. The fans yeah. can see, oh, here's this weird, happy, bouncy baby face, like clone 500. Like we've got 500 of these happy, bouncy baby faces. Versus the only subtle, interesting character in the whole of the Fed. Yeah. It's a, an unbelievably missed opportunity. And you can see it. Like, it, again, guys, if, if you haven't seen the show, again, fair play. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that works. But um, go back and watch it at the end of the first match. The, the front row, the front row, there's an audible boo, right? And then the entire front three rows are just booing. <laughs> they're just booing and it's not like the like stupid boo that people do nowadays where it's half-assed they are climbing over the barricade booing <laughs> it's actually wild like to see it because it would never happen nowadays you know because obviously security and stuff would stop it but it's uh, I, I don't know how Vince didn't get the message where people wanted something like that you know well Vince has a 40 year career of not getting the message you know so so look, the next match would uh, be Psycho Sid versus Henry O'Godwin. Sid would eventually get the win in a very poor match. Uh, there would be slop and everything else. This did very nothing for me. Uh, and I was not sports entertained, not even Absolutely. slightly. So there's this This match has a couple of problems. One, we've just had Whale and Mercy. We've just had someone who is genuinely unsettling. And then out comes Psycho Sid, you know, big gurning his teeth and making growling noises and rolling his eyes. And like, you're not a psycho. Whale and Mercy's a psycho. You're like, just a yeah. Uh, it's, you're just an Amadon. It's like I'm I'm genuinely afraid of the guy who just left. Yeah, <laughs> you're just ridiculous. You know, it's like yeah, it, like your crown would, your crown moment fight. would show up for five years where you'd break your ankle on live TV. <laughs> Like I would, I would fight Psycho Sid. Like he'd beat me, but he'd just oh, yeah. beat me up. Is all he'd do. Whale and Mercy might eat my skin. I don't know. I don't know you what see, Whale and Mercy's gonna do. That's the thing. I mean, like you get the sense that you, you could wake up chained in his basement. Like you know, like, yeah. That's, that's the thing. Or or he could just be an, a nice, interesting dude. You just don't know. And I mean, 
That's, exactly. But do you, do you want to roll that dice? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The other the other thing about this match is um, Sid in the course of two pay-per-views has gone from headlining to being in the second match on the card against Henry O'Godwin. That's because he is he <laughs> and he like you can see in this match that he is really starting to see where things are in WBF for him because he does not give a fiddler's flip about this. He's not no. trying. No. He's sandbagging loads of stuff. He's not even like even his psycho stuff is like half arsed. Like he's uh, like some of the moves he does in this are shut. Like you wouldn't see it in training. No. Like well, he doesn't care. Why would he care? Exactly, because he, he, like, outside of wrestling, like, I mean, the, the, the real guy sees himself as a, a top, like, top guy, and he's not been treated like one, so he doesn't care anymore. See, the thing about it is, it's, it's funny, it's like, it's the, it's the thing that people think about Jeff Jarrett, and might have happened with, with Jeff Jarrett, but without any justification. I mean, Psycho Sid is not Double J, you know, he really isn't, he's very boring. Sing. Can't even sing. Doesn't have a roadie. Doesn't have a roadie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Roadie is the ultimate bookly. That, that's how you know. Ultimate that's how you know you've made us. We have a roadie, exactly. Oh. So look, we have what actually is is quite a, an interesting steeper match, to be honest with you. It's the British Bulldog defeats Bam Bam Bigelow in about 12 minutes. Now, both lads are actually quite good. Uh, yeah. The Bulldog has a mixed history in the WWE, particularly when you come back in the Attitude Era and be very disappointing. Um, generous uh, description. Yeah, that's fair. But um, this was very good. Uh, I think working with Bam Bam, who was a lot bigger than him, a lot more competent than the Bulldog, and the match itself, they letter each other for about 12 minutes. It's it's very good. It is very good. It's great um, big man power move stuff. And Bam Bam is still maybe maybe not at his peak, but he's still in his heyday. He's still this he is. guy yeah. who yeah. can move, who can flip, who can jump. He's he's like surprisingly quick and agile. Like I said, maybe not quite as he was in in previous years, but he's definitely not like oh god. Do you remember when we were doing the yeah, WCWR? WCW. Yeah, Bam Bam would show up and my. Like my heart would break. I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's not ECW Bam Bam, but he's not WCW Bam yeah, Bam. Yeah, but he's so. still he's still Bam Bam. Like he's yeah. still definitely Bam Bam in this great match. Um, really, like like you say, nobody's going to call it like a five star technical classic or whatever. But when you're doing a pay per view, you don't need every bloody match to be a a five star classic. You need like your comedy match and you need your technical match and you need your big powerhouse match. And this was a great powerhouse match. I really enjoyed this. So the next match, uh, actually I want to give you some, some thoughts on this. Um, Dean Douglas with Bob Backlund versus Razor Ramon. Uh, and, and Dean Douglas would get the win. You had some thoughts on this? Yeah. So this Dean Douglas thing, I actually started before I watched In Your House, I watched uh, SummerSlam 1995. Okay. And that's where this Dean Douglas character was introduced. Yeah. Um, and he was, for the whole of SummerSlam, he was backstage and he would do like critiques of the matches. 
Yes, he would. Uh, do you know the kind of way Taz does like critiques of current AEW matches? He'd be like, oh, this is where he got him and such. But Taz actually knows what he's talking about. This was <laughs> drivel. Like, Taz doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't think that's ever been said about Taz ever. Uh, well, when you can say that about Taz compared to Dean Douglas. That's fair. Uh, man, this gimmick just flopped. Yeah. And I know ECW especially in 1995. I think it was even, was it still Eastern Championship Wrestling rather than Extreme? Yeah. I, no. ECW was very, very early on. I'm going to just quickly but Google, he, Google it. Okay, but the point, he left for this and he was their top gay. Like, he went from being the top gay in an admittedly much smaller company to being like a joke. Like, did his character ever really recover from no, this? No, 93 is, is when that happened. 93, was it? Yeah, 93, so, yeah. But did his character ever like recover from this this Dean Douglas thing? Yeah, he became the franchise. Oh, so yeah, but this is when he went back later on. Yeah, you know, he, no, no, I mean, he, he never got better uh, with, with this. this yeah, he never, he never in, no. in WWF, it was never... No. No, he was never. Yeah. He was never a top guy in WWF. But the ever. thing is that, I mean, like, not even close, actually, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. I I don't understand like how this gimmick is is dead from the all. Like, how did nobody go? This is a terrible idea. Do literally anything else. Like, it's just it's particularly in this new gen era when you have bloody bin men and hockey players and you know, everybody's gimmick is a job, bring this guy in and his gimmick is that he's a a professor. A professor of I what? mean, look, Matt Stryker, Matt Stryker would do this a couple of years later and it would be much better, much better done. Yeah. But I it's mean, still, and then you have Damien Sandow who would literally do it almost word for word. Um, Look, it, it, these kind of gimmicks are always hard to get over. They never really work. Um, like Triple H was still kind of doing something similar with the, oh my god, you yeah. know, with the Hunter Hearst Helmsley thing. It just it's it's a it's a symptom of its time, you know. And look, the match itself, I don't really have too much to say about it other than it happened. And um, it, but, but it that's is what it kinda, is. That's part of the problem. They actually have a so it's it's Dean Douglas versus Razor Ramon. And they actually have a pretty competitive match. Like if you just look at just the match itself, there's actually actually a lot of really good back and forth. There's mm. a couple of really innovative moves. I will never tire of mid nineties Razor Ramon pulling out the Razor's Edge. Yeah, but yeah. Before he completely lost his body to uh, to drugs and drink, my God, his ability to hoist these huge men like up on his shoulders and then lift them over his head. It's it's more impressive than like a military press or anything. Like it's because once they're up there, like they're pure sandbag, like they can't help him. He just has to lift them on his own. Well, look, Dean Douglas would get the win um, in, in a very uh, roundabout way with the one, two, three kid interfering. Um, in the five minutes we have left, Martin, for the show, 
uh, I don't know what you have to say about Brahar other than uh, he, he well, was do you know what? the best match of the night. It's, so I'm not even going to, because it's the best match of the night and deserves a wee bit more than the five minutes we have left. So <laughs> rather than talk about the Bret Hart match, I want to talk about something that happened before the Dean Douglas match. Okay. And it was an advertisement for WrestleMania, the special. <laughs> I don't know if did they have this on your I don't know if no. you watched this on No DVD. no I watched it on the network I didn't watch it on DVD no Okay well there's an advertisement There's nothing for, like that on there now Oh well there was an advertisement for WrestleMania the special and it's basically a 2 hour show that they put on on Fox so this is um when's in your house oh, Wait hold on hold on hold on hold on is this the thing you're talking about where it was the football player versus Bam Bam that WrestleMania. Well, that, yeah, it was WrestleMania 11. Yeah. yeah, sorry. No, they did have it. They did have it, yeah. So uh, this took place in September, right? So WrestleMania happened, what, pretty much six months ago? or Yeah. Whatever. So basically, they just took the main matches of WrestleMania and put them on Fox, on TV, and called it WrestleMania The Special. And no, it's no. just... No, well, like fair enough that's grand but what <laughs> what annoyed me about it was multiple times during it Vince McMahon goes it's Wrestlemania it only happens once a year and I'm going Vince this is literally an advertisement for a repeat <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I gotta lie to me lie to me but don't lie don't lie to me so blatantly <laughs> it's, it's literally an advertisement for a repeat see it's different though it's a different edit yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, WrestleMania 11, like, yeah. there's a lot you could edit out of it. Oh, God, yeah, no, it's not a, not a good show. Um, all right, okay, so, look. See, before we go off, I'll just t- I'll take a quick look through my notes, just see if there's anything anything we could cover in, like, like a minute, minute and a half that we well, could do. Well, look, uh, I, I'd ask for a rating of the overall show. Like, we, we, we've said with one and two, they were better than some of the parts and they were worth watching. Is three it, worth watching, or can you skip three? That's kind of, like... It's it's Probably very much it's very much the same again here. Even the Bret Hart match, sure, great Bret Hart matches are two a penny. Like yeah, every match he has is is, is a great match. Uh, Unless nothing, it's with Goldberg. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's nothing here that is worth going back to watch. In order to watch, the only the only value in going back here is to see the show as a whole, to see how this whole in-your-house thing kind of develops because it is like a, a fascinating way of doing like... That's a great idea. Semi-B-level pay-per-views and um, and it is genuinely hilarious like how some of like the major developments in it like the, the championship, the tag titles changing hands, <laughs> how on Monday they just go, thanks for your money, that doesn't count. <laughs> you know? uh, so... There's there's nothing in here that's worth watching as a match, like just on its own. But if you are like a fan of wrestling history or whatever, it's definitely worth viewing as a as a whole, as a as a one off experience. It's less than two hours. Pour yourself a couple of drinks, open a big bag of crisps, and just laugh your way through. There we go. Uh, next week, folks, we're going to be looking at SummerSlam, obviously from WWE and, and then doing a, a pre-AW uh, show. Um, we have a couple of things coming up as well. But um, for myself, from Martin, from Dave, 
this has been uh, the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, the True Penny Channel, Nerd to Know Media. And of course, if you want to go over to, Spot- to uh, Spotify, you can get the shows there, but go over to Patreon where you can give us an X-Pac Euro. We would appreciate it. And uh, we'll have some more bonus content as well. And follow us on social media. That's also uh, really helpful. So from all the lads, I've been Dara. We'll talk to you next week here on the show. Bye, guys. See you for that. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.